I'm feeling good today. You know, I, I woke up, the sun was shining metaphorically, <laughs> I had a smile on my face, and you know, Chain of Memories, it was a bumpy ride. Ah, uh, wasn't my, my favorite game of the bunch, but you know, I'm just, I'm happy that this has finally passed us, and we can move on, and we're finally gonna start Kingdom Hearts 2. It's it's gonna be a good episode, everyone. You know, everyone's been waiting for this one. Kingdom Hearts 2, obviously, <laughs> fan favorite of the series, so I mean, I, I think we should just dive in and just start talking about this amazing game, right? So, Marshall, what, what what's your favorite part of Kingdom Hearts 2? Um, I really enjoy the part in Kingdom Hearts 2 where you, you play as Riku, uh, but for some part it's 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 not in Kingdom Hearts 2. Feels like almost like a prequel to Kingdom Hearts 2. Hmm. I mean, I guess that's good, but you only play with him for like like a minute or so. So I I mean if that's out to you, well sure. Who am I to deny that for you? <laughs> What, what, but just just out of curiosity, what what do you mean? What what prequel are you talking about? I'm I'm looking through my notes. Did you here. not take out your copy of uh, 1.5 and then flip it over and put it back into your PlayStation? You forget to do that? Uh, no, I, I I it didn't say anything about that on the back mm. of the box. What What do you mean? Well, well, well. I thought we were moving on to 2.5. If only it were that easy. Oh God! Don't tell me! Don't tell me! <laughs> You're lying! It's not true! No! 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 Welcome, everyone, to Kingdom Hearts by Hearts, and we're still in this. This damn castle, apparently. I'm your host, Kevin, and I'm here to talk you through the Riku story of Chain of Memories. <laughs> Reverse slash rebirth, as it's properly known. I'm joined by Marsha. You could say he and I are our own Sora and Riku of sorts. He lies in the dark, I in the light. Although I guess I am literally sitting in a darkness right now, so maybe say. I'm the Riku, actually. Yeah, I, I had the light turned off, I closed the door, so it's... I feel like I'm about to tell myself a, a scary story, which, I mean, when he told me there's a whole other campaign, I mean, that was pretty scary, so... It's <laughs> scarier than saying Candyman in the mirror five times. Yeah. But before we get to all that, why don't we take a break to talk about some other games we've been playing that maybe brought us more joy this past week. <laughs> I'm, of course, talking about the game corner. Get your game on! Yeah, but uh, if you also want to just, you know, rush through this and get through the loot, the get through all the Riku bits, check out the timestamp in the episode description, and you can fast forward to the discussion proper. But, I mean, you'll miss out on our awesome game, Rex. Just saying. The, two, the, the whole two seconds of games that I I have to talk about this week. Oh, boy. Well, you say two seconds, but, um, yeah, I'm going to time you. So, why don't, why, don't, why, don't, why don't you take it away? All right. Uh, timer starts now. And two seconds is up. <laughs> uh, I don't have much to talk about. This week was pretty busy, but I, I'm trying to, like, pull from, like, deep recesses of my mind. I did uh, dust off 
my copy of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate for the Nintendo Switch. Because the last time I dusted it off was the last DLC character to come out. So, yeah. I, I barely played when Pyre and Mithra came out. I barely played when Steve came out. I played a good amount when Sephiroth came out. Because I love because I love Sephi. And mm. love is a, a strong word. Uh, the character is recognizable, I guess. Uh, but yes, for, yep. for Kazuma Mishima from the Tekken series, I decided, yeah, I'll, I'll just... He's very different from all the other characters, so I was like, "Yeah, let's let's try out Cosma." It's mm. not Cosma. Yeah, what Kazuya. do you what do you think? He's pretty fun. He's got the a million different moves because he's very just like kind of Terry and Ken, pretty faithful to his original series. So there's a lot of yep. I feel like this is this goes true for like a lot of the DLC characters. Like they have this we just like really weird but faithful mechanics. So for for Kazuya, yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, uh, you can crouch dash by doing the Shoryuken, which is, like, if you're using a stick, like, the Z motion. There's a lot of... Yep. There's a lot of, like, putting in, and like, one of the eighth directionals. So, like, obviously the, the four cardinal and then the in-betweens. I don't know if they have a real name, but there's, like, you know, hit down left and then, like, hit A. Uh, I know to do Electric God Wind Fist is, like, crouch, but as you're rising, press A. Like, there's a bunch of, like, very very nuanced things so uh yeah kazuma mm-hmm. i keep saying kazuma for some reason kazuya is fun i played like maybe an hour or two with kazuya and i was like cool character and then i was busy for uh, the rest of the week but uh, well, i liked what i played i can i can say that much i might go back and be like and go through training mode just to be like all right what are the million different things that got translated over from tekken that i can try to do but uh yeah, Kazuya is a character, and the second-to-last DLC character for Fighters Pass 2, and the second-to-last character yeah. for Ultimate. So it'll be very interesting to see what our, our last... Uh, who yes. Who is the, the last latecomer to the party? Who, uh, whose invitation took... My prediction three? is this character will be... Either revealed or released, or maybe even both, honest, on uh, December 7th, which is the third anniversary of Ultimate. So I'm, I'm locking it in. I'm putting it on record. So I'll see you chumps in five months. And as for who it will be, I don't know. I think it's going to be something really stupid and crazy and insane. Yeah. I almost think it will be like Sakurai himself. <laughs> There's been a lot of newcomers, but now I am here. <laughs> now I just eventually. What is it? Because for the DLC characters, Sakurai, he'll do his, like his little his little presentation where he's like, "Ah, oh, this is how the character works," and he's just like, "This is how I kick everybody's ass in Smash." Yeah, it's just his way of venting his personal frustrations of just beating the shit out of all these characters <laughs> who have like just sucked the life out of him. I mean, for I mean, the past yeah, two decades. <laughs> oh my goodness! But uh, but yeah, in, t- in terms of games, it was I played a little bit of Smash. It was really it. I think last week I talked about I'm encroaching on the end of Fate's Conquest. <laughs> it hasn't gotten better, I can tell you that much. So yeah, oh boy. That's, a, that's a thing. And that was more than two seconds, uh, unfortunately, but uh, that's about it. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm no mathematician, but I, yeah, I, I, I think that was over two seconds, okay. so joke's on you. Edit all out, but... The last, the last two seconds. That'll, that'll justify it. Don't worry. So, 
Yeah, I've been playing... I've been shopping around this week. I'm mm. trying to find my next full game to play through. I played a little bit of uh, Yoku's Island Express. Hmm, I don't think I've heard of it. Ooh, well, <laughs> buckle on in. So it's a little indie game, and it's adorable. You play as a little dung beetle, mm-hmm. and you have your little ball, which is, you know, supposed to be dung, but... Anyways, <laughs> the whole gimmick is <clears throat> it's a pinball game, but it's like Metroidvania meets pinball. Oh. And it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you're on this little island. You're made the little postmaster. I keep saying little because everything's so cute. Mm-hmm. So you get your little little postmaster's badge. He even gets a little hat to wear. And yeah, it's really cute. It's got this like hand-painted art style. Yeah, like I said, Metroidvania meets pinball. So... Because you have your little dung ball, like that's basically your pinball. Mm-hmm. And throughout the world are these bumpers. There's a blue bumper and a re- an orange bumper. The blue bumper is uh, the left bumper, so to speak. The orange one is the right bumper. So it's kind of broken up where there's like little sections that are all basically their own little pinball machines. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you. You bounce around, you get your points, and, you know, there's all sorts of ways you can interact with each, quote-unquote, uh, board, I guess, where, you know, you'll get little collectibles and whatnot, and, like, the way the pinball's integrated into the actual level design is just very natural, okay. and y- you don't feel like you're just playing pinball, like, you do feel like it's just, like, a new way of moving, basically, where... Each pinball machine will have branching paths, right? So, like, go to different areas and whatnot. And just the whole way the game is built is super clever. Okay. The way this uses pinball to sort of tie into this whole exploration um, loop is just really cool and clever. And I recommend anyone check it out if you like Metroidvanias. Uh, there's a free demo of it probably anywhere at this point. Um, I played it on Switch. But yeah, it's it's really good. It's probably super cheap too. And I started playing it this time because it's you know it's on an island. It's very tropical, very sunny. Like the soundtrack's also a bop. Um, so I was like, I'm like kind of in the mood for for summer games, as I've spoken about previously. Yeah. And so I was like, Yoku, that's a good game. And I played like an hour or two, and I was just not really in the mood. Sort of you know been there, done that. Where. It's fun to just check out, but I don't know if I want to go through another full playthrough. Mm-hmm. But um, for anyone who hasn't played it, yes, uh, definitely go check it out because it's probably one of the better games I played that year. So highly, highly recommend it. That's Yoku's Island Express. You know, more lighthearted, wholesome games. It's what we need. Hell yeah. And speaking of lighthearted and wholesome, I've started getting a lot of YouTube recommendations for... um this channel that just covers all the lego games mm-hmm. and it got me in a mood so this week i've been playing the lego star wars the complete saga Ooh. on playstation now and you know it's it's a it's a game for children it's super simple the puzzles don't require any thought at all it's really easy but i'm just having a really good time with it because it's just just good old fun this is another game that i played through before but many moons ago, I, let's see, I played it on Wii during the summer of 2008 Dang. when I was just a Wii lad. And that was basically my entire summer. Because for anyone who hasn't played a Lego game, there's just a ton of replayability where there's just so many collectibles to get. 
you know, I was a stupid kid, so I didn't realize how to, like, optimize each, like, each level to get everything in one go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it took me a long time to play, but it was awesome. It's it's Star Wars. So, Lego games, they're usually based on some sort of license, and they retell the movie. And, of course, this is the complete saga, so it goes through episodes one through six. And it's funny, because I played it before I'd really watched Star Wars, like, seriously, I guess. Oh, as a kid, um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my first thought, I jumped right now, like, Kevin, you haven't watched the- We saw Star Wars together, what are you talking about? But, as yeah, a no, child- this over ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of like my introduction for, like, um, the original trilogy, anyway. I'd seen the prequels. Yeah. Yeah, it was just really cool, because it kind of, like, shaped- my, my Star Wars fandom, if you will, because they're actually really good adaptations because they have all the music. Um, there's a ton of characters, like over 100 characters. So there's like really deep cuts of like who you unlock. <laughs> the levels go through the movies pretty well in terms of sort of exploring the plot. So, yeah, if you like Star Wars, it's just a fun time. Right. It's just nice to sort of revisit the things that brought us joy as kinder kids because, yeah, everything's so bleak and dark now and... I'm just in the mode where I just want good, wholesome fun. And that's what I'm getting from Lego Star Wars, so... I would just like to recapture yeah. my entire childhood, please. That's all I ask. Pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. And to be honest, it's probably what I'll be playing next week, too, because it's a <laughs> long game. I'm I'm 30% of the way through, and I'm at yeah. nine hours, so... So, theoretically, another... 13, not 13, 18 hours to go. Yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, that wraps it for Game Corner. So, why don't we, why don't we dive right back on in into the memory shenanigans of Chain of Memories. All right. New campaign, Reverse Rebirth, baby. Actually, well, it's funny you see memory shenanigans. I think last episode we were debating, like, what does Castle Oblivion even do to, like, wh- yep. what what is the real mep- memory manipulation? And it doesn't come across clear, obviously, because we, we didn't pick up the damn hints. But, yeah, the, uh, you know, we're led to believe that just ascending the Castle Oblivion messes with our memory. It's not. It's just, it's just all nominate. Because nominate things. Yep. But they never specific. They say, like, nominate is messing with your memories, but they... I don't know. It's never, it's never implied. I, I, it, I, I always thought it's the castle makes you forget, and then I'm just like, oh, let me take advantage of this, and like, yeah, because Marlisha basically explains as much at the start. Like he, he has his line like, in this castle, to lose is to find, blah blah blah. Exactly. So yeah, I, exactly what you said. I, th- I always thought that nominate just kind of, you know, it's like kind of like uh, being on a home field advantage. Yeah, so you it's know, a like when a Pokemon has like grassy terrain. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. It's uh, hashtag all nominee uh, all the time. Same nominee channel. <laughs> same, what is it? What is it saying? Same, same bat channel. I, I, same bat time. I, there yep. you go. <laughs> but nominee. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, it's interesting because Riku doesn't really have any sort of memory loss. Mm-hmm. Which is confusing when we get to KH2 and we find out basically everyone tied to Sora forgot about him. But apparently that's because of the memory restoration process, not the memory loss process. Correct. So, yes, nothing makes sense. Yeah, I mean, we're, we'll get a refresher when we get to the end of reverse slash rebirth as well. But yeah, there yeah. is the... Uh, and we'll talk about when we get to KH2. But yeah, there is the... 
the time of mending, as I'll give it a name, unless there's an actual probably name for the event mm-hmm. of the year of that, that sounds nominee accurate. stitching. <laughs> I, I just imagine she's like holding Sora's skull intact, just being like, I gotta sew these damn memories back together. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they never, um, I guess it's like implied that whenever she draws in her notebook, that's her like messing with the memories. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they never really show like what she actually does. So probably know that could be what happens yeah because she does they call her either they joke they i shouldn't i'm about to say not even jokingly but they call her like a witch for a good part yeah. of source story before they mention like oh she's got special powers and also it's probably a nobody ha 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 but yeah we see her a lot doing a lot of drawings but there's we've never seen her do her little memory manipulation thing and just sort of like imply but we're uh, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, so why don't we pull it on back? Uh, reverse rebirth. So what it is? Where does that name come from? I see you have a little note here. Yes. So I don't know. In fact, I should probably looked up what the name for reverse rebirth is in Japanese. Like, what is what is Riku's story called in Japanese? But the word used to the word used for Riku's story is a homophone in Japanese for... It can mean either reverse or or rebirth. Kind of like a homophone Mm. in English is the 50 million versions of there. Like, there's the short they are. There's there the possessive. There the location. So, yeah, I guess that's... They were just like... (laughs) Now I just have this comedic bit in my head of like... What are we... And just there's like some old school execs like smoking in a board and like ah what do we call this here story it's got two words and like what if we just put those two words together can we do that will the budget allow it the budget says yes interesting i think um i think Shion's name has a similar sort of word play but don't quote me on that well mm. yeah that's interesting so yeah reverse of birth riku's campaign fangirl scream Finally, playable Riku. We've been waiting the entire game for it. Yeah, playable Riku. And here's the funny thing is that because barely, I shouldn't say barely anybody played Chen of Memories, but because most of us probably didn't know it existed or skipped a KH2. And we're, and, yep. you know, Riku's in that game. It's nice to see Riku. Riku. We completely missed the childhood where we could have played as Riku because we're stupid idiot children. Ugh. Yeah, the problem is you have to, you have to play you have through to... all of Sora's story first. Exactly. Uh, so we open up with Riku, who's sleepy sleeping in the the realm between. So it sort of picks up where we left off with him in the ending, where he's also confused about where he is. And it's basically explained that, you know, once the door to darkness was closed and I guess Kingdom Hearts, we'll talk about it as a location, as it sort of disintegrated, like Riku was pulled into this in-between realm because his heart was still... Still had some some dredges of darkness, so he's kind of caught in this weird purgatory state. Uh, but Mickey Mickey's a good boy, so he got to he got to move ahead. So they got separated. <laughs> and yeah, Riku's just floating there, and he starts to hear this this silky smooth voice talking in his head. And this voice gives him two options: you can either continue to sleep here, or you can move ahead and. And play into my clutches. I I mean, find your friends. Cough, cough. What do you choose? <laughs> um, I would like the blue pill, please, sir. Yep. Very much red pill, blue pill, where... 
yeah, Riku can just stay here. Yeah, it's... Even though, why would you? <laughs> it's funny, he's like, hey, do you want to sleep forever or do you want to do something? Riku's like, I want to be important to the plot, please. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting to me how, um, how they talk about sleep here. They kind of talk about it like light and darkness where it just comes up a million different times. Like, like they talk about it like it's like this grander concept. So mm-hmm. I just think that's interesting to note, given what we will see in future games. Because now that I think about it, I feel like sleep, like as a as a concept, as an intangible thing. Like I feel like it comes up in pretty much every Kingdom Hearts game. Like even in the first game, like the very th- first thing that happens is Sora waking up from sleep. So yeah, it's kind of an like underlying theme, or like you know, it's something that it's something that we have little snippets of, but it's never like Yen says, like, "All right, kids, sit down. We're gonna talk about sleep for two hours. Hope you brought some damn water." <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's something that we've seen throughout the series, and hey, there's maybe a game focused on it later that we'll take a look mm-hmm. at. But. Yeah, the concept of sleep isn't too foreign to us right now, which is yeah, just it's just interesting to note. It's like this, you know, in our big retrospective of what the hell's going on here. Yeah, like you can sort of see these like pieces sort of being stacked up um, across each game, and yeah, it's just interesting to note. So, um, yeah, Riku takes the red pill to move ahead. Yeah, it's it's Riku time, baby. He gets his little his little card. It's his little ticket to ticket to paradise. Basically, we start playing as him. Yeah. So what's uh what's Riku all about? So what's, Riku, what's he got going on? This his little kit is gonna be a lot different from Sora's. So when we start, so Riku still ascends like the floors, but he's locked up in the basement uh, for all his for all of his naughty naughty darkness uh, per, uh, consequences. So. Yeah, we start, we're, uh, but Sora starts on floor one and we ended on floor 13. For Riku, we're going to start on the basement 12. We make our way to the first floor. Yep. So, yeah. So Riku has pre-made decks. Because unfortunately... Yes. And that's the big one. So there is no, there's no deck shenanigans. We're not going to get a new, well, I shouldn't say we're not going to get any new cards. But depending on what floor we're on and what world we're in. The game has preset decks for us that we're yep. just gonna like. You'll you never have to edit your deck. It's all just done for you, exactly. which can be both a boon and a curse. Oh yeah, there's as a... we will discuss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, you don't have to worry about making decks. You can obviously view it from like the edit deck. I say edit deck in air quotes. Part of the menu of like the start menu, but that's just like viewing your deck. So yep. Riku's more of like a here's what you got. Now I'll just work with it and. I feel like it works most of the time, but if it doesn't, we'll, uh, we'll we'll definitely complain about it. So don't you worry. Yeah. So yeah, I actually I do prefer this because as I've alluded to in the past, like I I get overwhelmed with decisions, so I like it when they're made for me. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just the whole deck building aspect just got tedious to me. So I don't really like just having to like navigate the clunky menus and having to switch everything around you know once you get new cards so i mean just in general riku's campaign is a lot less painful for me so 100%. i do enjoy it more definitely overall if uh if sora's campaign you know reaches into the left and reaches to the right at the same time riku is just basically straight down the middle yeah like it's, exactly it's, it's literally just streamlined yeah so 
he's got a few other differences. Um, he's I, I, he can jump higher. Yeah, I, I now reason. call him the Luigi of <laughs> he's the Luigi of Kingdom Hearts in my mind now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it tracks because back in the first game during the racy segment on Destiny Islands, he and you know when we're fighting him, he does he he can jump pretty high. He's yeah. he's got some serious airtime. Yep, so he's jumper, a little floatier. Uh, I'm going to refer to you for this one. Is Riku a little bit slower? His stride, like, he doesn't, he doesn't, when it comes to steps, Sora's like, dun-dun-dun-dun, like, Sora just, like, like his steps are quicker, yeah. so I feel like Riku is slower, but I'm not entirely sure. If not, it's pretty minimal. Yeah, not that I can notice. At the end of the day, it's just... It's just the card yeah, system it, again, so <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, yeah. It could be it could be a Ryu or Ken Ryu and Ken situation where Ken is like mildly quicker, but at the end of the day it's not gonna yeah, affect really anything. Exactly. Yeah. He does have a different dodge roll. He's uh it's not yep. it's not as straightforward. He has got he does a little flip beat because Riku's the cool kid, apparently. Woohoo! So yeah, his yep. his dodge roll it doesn't have a, it like the momentum dies at the end because he does a dodge roll and then his little little flippy. So I think he's invulnerable for longer, but you don't carry like Sora's like I want to dodge here and dodge there. Riku comes to a complete stop. So take with that what you will. It obviously will very mildly change how the hell you dodge stuff. But at the end of the day, dodging is dodging. The wonderful yep. thing is he has no reload counter, so you're not penalized for reloading your deck a million times. Yeah, over this and over is again. this is probably the biggest change next to the set deck because this actually impacts just how you actually play where yeah you can just be much more um i don't know like you could spam your cards more without really getting punished um, exactly so yeah it does kind of encourage you just to go more full on aggro so yeah yeah it's so, interesting yeah especially with the with the, with the reset deck with the pre-made deck like i feel like for where we are right now i feel like most of my cards are in the front like, the powerful cards are in the front, so if I'm fighting a boss or I'm fighting, like, I mean, I always think of, like, Tornado Steps and Dark Balls and Crescendos as, like, having sixes. Like, if my deck's full of, like, threes and fours, I'm going to be, oh, screw, I'm just going to reload my deck and start from the top where I know I have high-value yeah. cards and make this whole, whole lot easier. So, yeah. Why not? Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, his level-ups are a little different. So, Sora... Well, they, they can both... They can both increase their HP. It obviously makes sense. Riku doesn't. Riku doesn't have any card points. So instead, his uh, he has AP, just attack points. So you can make your attack stronger. And they're 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 kind of yeah, more similar to the pretty sl- big deal. Yeah, they're kind of similar to the slates. Like you won't be able to do them every level up. I think it's like every three levels. You'd be mm. like, okay, you have you unlocked an attack boost. If you want to take the attack boost. Yep. And then yeah, instead of Slates is the third option for level up. You have increasing your dark points, which we'll get to in little bits when we unlock that portion. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think they did enough to make Riku different and in, like interesting ways, given the whole card system. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is still kind of weird. Like, I mean, you're playing as Riku, but it it is in this weird card combat where it doesn't feel super different from Sora or at least it doesn't feel like authentic to Riku <laughs> compared to how you play as him in other games where you do kind of have these shackles of I mean yeah you're you're beholden to the cards so it's, it's still like, chain of memories baby 
<laughs> yeah, like you get a you get a tease of playable Riku, but it's not really playable Riku. It's like it's like the trial version <laughs> of playable Riku. Uh, you can play as Riku for two weeks, and after that, you have to pay a subscription of uh, yeah. fifteen Rikus per month for Riku Riku. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, like I said, I, I do prefer his his campaign much more than Sora's because, you know, gameplay-wise, it's much more streamlined. But also story-wise, like like we said at the top, like he doesn't suffer from the memory shenanigans. Mm-hmm. So not every cutscene is, huh, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, well, let's keep let's keep going and let's keep forgetting because <laughs> at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is nominate. Like, he's much more level-headed than Sora. And by much more, I mean, like, just... 10,000% more, so that's <laughs> nice to see. Yeah. It's just really refreshing. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that, because that's that's really the meat of this this whole discussion, because uh, gameplay-wise, we're just going through all the, the same worlds we just did, so Oof. there's really not much new to talk Yet about. Yet again. <laughs> like, yeah, so 90% of our worlds, as a, as a heads up for those who couldn't suffer the first campaign, yeah, I um. <laughs> for at least so we're, uh, we're gonna go to Hollow Bastion then we get a set of four world cards those four world cards are just hey there's a boss that's it <laughs> yeah I guess compa- I guess compared to Sora like we only have one key room and it's just well yep. we have one key room for most of the worlds and it's just hey go fight the boss okay go make your way to the conqueror's respite then of the level go to the exit hall rinse repeat yep pretty straightforward so yeah why don't we why don't we talk about the first world shall we so we end up in good old uh hollabaloo and it's probably the only in world cutscene with like the little speech bubbles but um yeah we get the whole explanation from the mysterious voice who riku affectionately refers to as voice with a capital v yep (laughs) (laughs) I'll get you, voice. <laughs> but yeah, he tells them this world is made from your memories. You recognize this place, don't you? Mm-hmm. And yeah, Riku doesn't really understand what the heck's going on, but whatever. I'll just go along with it for now. Yep. In fact, yeah, I remember he, he screams at voice and he just doesn't respond back. He's like, well, I guess I'll just walk around then. Yep. And yeah, I think... So this, I think this is the only world that actually does have the three key rooms. So yeah, for a starting yeah, there's a tiny smidge of of uh, story in this one, which makes sense because you know you got to kind of explain what's going on with Riku, exactly. and this is by default it's the first world, so mm-hmm. a little more, a little more text up front. But um, yeah, and the key of beginnings. We uh we get an an unseen asset never before yeah. seen in the Kingdom Hearts universe the uh the critical juncture point of Riku's character arc we get to see Riku's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yep, this is this is why I like at least like I didn't mind this Hall Bastion because yeah it's stuff we we I mean mind you yeah we have to work through the worlds like. Finding Heartless and all that, but we're getting stuff that we didn't know from KH One. It's like this is this yeah. this is where Riku sleeps. This is where he keeps his his uh his uh I was gonna say nominee body pillow. I'm just gonna commit to it. Uh, <laughs> we see Riku's bedroom, which at first I was like, okay, one, this is actually cool. This is a room 
that does not exist in Cage One. They had to make it make it up. Yeah, no, it is it is cool. All joking aside. Yeah, and it was very funny because it at first it, to me it looks like uh, in our in a Hall Bastion in the library. There's that one little study yep, corner we joked definitely. about, we talked about. It looks like if you took that yeah. and just made it somebody's bedroom. Yep, just just made it bigger, throwing a bed. The same desk. It's got a library wall, and then. It, there's a bed because Riku, got, Riku doesn't want to sleep on the cold, hard floor, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, I have to judge him for having this this giant room, and yet he still insists on pushing the bed against the corner. Like, what the hell, man? He's a teenager. <laughs> he doesn't know any better. Yeah, grow up, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but voices screaming at him, telling him, like, hey, Riku, you did some things. And he's, like, at very adamant like i don't want to see any of this like riku has i mean obviously he went through his arc in kh1 he was a bad boy he's all yep. about like get me off this island and then got consumed by darkness and now he sees the error of his idiotic ways but he's very much in hollow bastion like i don't want to look at this this was th- this was probably like a month ago but he's like this is my past i'm a changed yeah. <laughs> man now don't you know exactly yeah, so we sort of get the general theme of this playthrough of basically Riku having to uh, recompense for his sins. And, yeah, so there's a lot of guilt tripping. There's a lot of, ha, 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 you think you have escaped the darkness, but you're a fool to think so, and whole inner turmoil. So, yeah, in the next room, the key of guidance. Well, we don't really see anything. <laughs> so, like, I guess Riku's, like, kind of looking for other people, but he realizes there's nothing but Heartless to find. So, yeah, it's kind of this interesting explanation for why the worlds are the way they are, where voice explains... I, I don't know if it's exactly in this cutscene, but in one of the earlier cutscenes, he explains that because you sort of gave up your heart for darkness... All that's left for you are, like, the creatures of darkness. Yes, so, like, all he can see now are... Yeah, like, he can only see, like, the Heartless and, you know, the villains who gave their hearts to darkness. So it's it's a clever way of, you know, cutting out any of the story bits, because I'm sure they just didn't want to have to deal with writing a whole new Riku story. Definitely. But it, it, also, it does... You know, it is kind of, like, showing Riku's, like, punishment of, like to make your way through all these worlds and you know it's kind of like a dante's inferno type of deal like make your way through all the different circles of hell so Mm -hmm. i'll take it yeah it's all it's all riki all the time yep i hope you enjoy riku talking to himself (laughs) or talking to people who aren't actually there exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I think i think voice makes the point yeah he, he does a lot of that and even tells riku at one point like you're hollow like you're you've got no emotions Maybe you're no better than a nobody. Ah. <gasps> oh no. But we decorate. Yeah. So the last room is the key of truth where we come face to face with a maleficent. Mommy. And, <laughs> and yeah, it's interesting because she sort of talks to Riku like she knows exactly who he is Ex- and like yes. what's going on. Yes. And she even like taunts him like oh you thought you could escape the darkness blah 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 mm-hmm. so it's like yeah it, it doesn't really make sense of what we've seen of the disney characters throughout the calm world so far so it's it's kind of confusing yeah, but... yeah i guess hmm, mm. it makes me think yeah for disney characters i think so 
But she's like very self-aware. She's like, ah, she's very much like living around. Exactly. Like, Riku, I'm nothing but a memory. And the only self-aware character yeah. I can think of from Sora's playthrough was Aerith. When, you know, you go to leave Traverse Town, Aerith's yeah. like, Sora, don't believe your memories. Like very crypt. There's the deep cut cryptid of like, Sora, your memories will deceive you. Yeah. So she's just basically here to hammer home the point that Riku will never, never turn to the light. You're stuck here with all of us. And then boss fight ensues, so it's time for Dragon Maleficent round two. Yeah. Except it's a million times easier (laughs) this time. Yeah, because it's it's flipped on its head where now she's the first boss, so... Exactly. She's really fallen from grace, that Maleficent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I tried to draw this fight out to see if she had any new moves or if she wouldn't do certain other moves, but I think most of the stuff is there. She did, like, the big fire breath on me and, like, everything else. So I was like, all right, you have nothing cool to offer. Uh, where's my gimmick platform, sir? I would like that to end this fight now. Yeah. Yeah, once you get that, it's it's pretty much game over. She doesn't really have much for you. So Exactly. Yeah, we beat her. And then that is Hollow Abastion. Yep. So. Something mildly to note is that... I think it's just because of the convenience of Sora's story. I'm so used to it. Of hey, beat the key to truth, and it kicks you to the la- it kicks you to Conqueror's respite, which is the save point before the exit hall. But for Riku, we don't we don't get that luxury. So every time, I'm like oh no, I have to walk all the way to the end of the floor, which is me just being a whiny baby. But yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that we have to walk to the to the end. But it is what it is. Yeah. So we get kicked out to the exit hall. Mm-hmm. And then voice returns, oh no, but this time he's not just a voice, he's also a big, hunky body, and oh no, spoiler alert, it was answered the whole time, which is kind of a twist, because he does have a whole new voice actor. <laughs> True, it's, well, it's not Billy Zane, it's, yep. I forget. Richard Epcar. It, okay, it is Epcar, yeah. Who plays many a character in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, it was him the whole time. Ha ha ha. I mean, he still basically is on the whole... His whole spiel about darkness is better. Uh, you're a weaky poopy pants for not giving in to the darkness. Uh, you can run, but you can't hide. And, you know, I, I'm kicking myself for not starting a darkness counter. Because <laughs> oh. I'm, sh- I'm sure it's at least 20 by now. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, there's, there's even a line where... Um, I think it's like after Anson reveals himself and Riku says something like, oh, I should have known it was you. All you've been talking about is is the darkness. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, have you, have you met Anson? That's it's kind of his thing. <laughs> darkness? Darkness, darkness, darkness. Darkness. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, no big surprise. It's Anson, and he's still kicking, kicking, still kicking around inside. I think he even mentions, like, I'm inside of you? question mark do we have to call the police like ansem can you just can you, can you vacate riku's body you're not paying rent here like come on man he's literally a parasite yeah like it's a bit of surprise because you know the ending of kh1 suggests that ansem was eliminated entirely but yeah he's, he's he had a a backup file in uh, riku's heart <laughs> he he saved his darkness to the cloud <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, Cloud, Cloud's got some other darkness. Don't worry about Cloud. He's already got his own darkness. <laughs> so, yeah, he 
much like, you know, the organization kind of taunting Sora, this is kind of the role Ansem plays for Riku, where, like, he's the villain, but he's also the one guiding him through the castle, yep, so it's he's... like he's kind of an ally. Yeah, because he, <laughs> he does the same organization bullcrap that's, oh, do you really want to go upstairs? Gives you more world cards yeah. to get upstairs. <laughs> Incredibly contradictory. Yeah, I mean... I guess, you know, some of the organization, like, they do want him to keep moving forward, because yeah. I'm sure Ansem needs him to actually escape the castle. True, true, true. It does make for this interesting sort of dynamic where they're just kind of neutral toward each other, where it's like, I don't like you, you don't like me, but I got the cards, baby. Exactly. <laughs> it's a buddy cop drama, and uh, Ansem's guardian is the uh, the third wheel. Yeah. <laughs> We do have a fourth wheel. Actually, true. Uh, true. Yeah. We get a special guest appearance from Mickey Mouse. Yay! Michael's here. <laughs> so Riku has another voice in his head, and it's it's Mickey preaching the uh, the good word of the light. Yeah, his own Jiminy. <laughs> Riku found a conscience, finally. Just happens to be a grown-ass adult mouse man. Yeah, it's basically Ansem is the devil on his shoulder, uh, Mickey is the the angel. <laughs> so that's kind of their little their little interplay between each other. Mm-hmm. But Mickey can only he can ap- only appear as a voice. Apparently, he knows the ways of the Force. Exactly. <laughs> I, got, I thought the exact same thing when he's here, and I was like, "Oh, hey, Luke Skywalker, what's, what's up? What are you what are you, what are you doing here?" Yeah, like it's something like, "Oh, like I don't know, the darkness is too strong or whatever." Yeah, he's like, "I can only." Pre- yeah, he explains that at, when we go out of the exalt to the next story, he's like, I can only project myself here. I can't actually be here. And Riki's like, yeah. thanks, Dad. I still love you, though. But yeah, he basically just gives Riku a little pep talk, but Anthem's like, all right, enough talk. Let's fight. And we get our little tutorial section. Yeah, so this, this is Riku's tutorial. Uh, but it's it's good. It's, it's just Riku mechanics. It's not Marluxia being like, Press the left yeah. stick to move around. <laughs> so we learn about rapid break, which to be fair, I completely for- forget what rapid break does besides breaking other cards. Like, I need to get more dark points for doing it. Yeah, I, I don't. I completely forget. I didn't really notice a difference <laughs> using it. I just remember this. It's the, there, I guess. The rapid break <laughs> tutorial I actually had to do. I shouldn't have had to do several times, but it's like, hey, break Ansem's cards rapidly. And I'm like, I'm. I'm doing, Mom, I'm doing it. What more do you want from me? Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very small window. Yeah. So, kind of a botched mechanic where it doesn't really... Yeah, I do... It's not super noticeable. It's completely, like, it... I mean, to be fair, it's also based on your opponent's attacks because you're breaking their cards. So, how much can you actually plan to do rapid break? It's... I I feel like it's just more of a... It wouldn't be as good at this tutorial. At, At least, I feel like the tutorial could be like, okay start to break your opponent's cards and see what happens, and then be like, a, oh, if you break them rapidly, you get a bonus. Because that's just basically what rapid break is. It's just, hey, yeah. if you beat them up, you get, like, I, I keep saying 10 dark points whenever I do rapid break. But, again, it's dependent on the enemy attacking. So, like, really, how often are we going to do it? The answer is completely yeah. on accident several times. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so... But the other big mechanic is it's time to decide who will win the clash of these cards. 
this is probably the biggest mechanic for Riku in terms of what's different between the actual moment-to-moment fighting is he got his little dually mechanic. So whenever you play a card of equal value to an enemy card, you get this exciting showdown where the lights dim and you square off with your opponent. And it's basically just like very similar to a Marluxia's, uh, final Marluxia's dual mechanic. I think it's like the exact same actually where he puts up a card like a series of cards, and you have to break them one at a time within a certain time limit to yes, it's like the pull off a big attack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, no, that's the best explanation. It takes care of, like, everything, yeah. And there are different moves. So, one, if you fail, Riku just kind of uh, gets depressed for, like, ten seconds, and your opponent <laughs> usually throws out a card, uh, like, a, an attack at you. So you're, you're going to be stunned, probably going to be able to an attack. But, yeah, there are... Actually, I realized a few different duels. Like, there's some that do three cards. I feel like most of the bosses are five. And depending on how many, you know, if your duel is three or five cards, you do different uh, big boy attacks if you win, which is actually really interesting. Yeah, like, it's it's presented as, like, oh, like, big risk, big reward, because you're on a time limit. But actually, it's easy-peasy, because... Yeah, Riku has instant reload, basically. So just really what it just boils down to is just how hard can you mash the X button? <laughs> exactly. That's the one thing that I didn't really do duel in our first, our baby worlds, our tier one worlds, basically. Because, like, shadows usually use a one or a two. So it's very jarring for me to be like, all right, I have this deck. I'm going to duel against this shadow. And shadow's like, I have a nine. I'm like, what the hell? So I feel like for the first few worlds, I didn't use it. I did start to use it when we got the second batch of world cards. Or, but, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really use Duel a whole lot up until pretty recently. Because, like, it was just... It wasn't as... it wasn't There wasn't much of a reward as well. Like, uh, mm. the past few times... Yeah, it's kind of all or nothing. Where, like, yeah, like, if you don't have the cards, there's really no point. But then when you do, then, like, <laughs> there's no challenge. So, it's one way or the other. Yeah. I've ran into a few... Uh, instances of enemies so far where like you know you sometimes there's like an initial wave and there's like a second wave once you get down to the last heartless or you kill the heartless in the first wave and i feel like purely by accident like i'll get into a duel with like the last heartless in a wave and i'll be like do i really want to duel this one thing and then in the back of my mind i'm like oh if there's a second wave i'll finish like my duel attack will go into the next phase and i feel like a lot of times I'll be like, all right, I'll ki- I'll like hit this shadow and I'll kill it, and then like a bunch of other dudes spawn. I'm like, aha! I'm still doing my super powerful dual attack, so like get wrecked, nerds. Hmm. So yeah, that's that's about it for the tutorial. And Ansem has a parting gift for Riku, which is weird because <laughs> this whole thing is Riku given to the darkness, mm-hmm. but then it turns out he can actually manipulate the darkness in Riku's heart. So. <laughs> Yeah. What's what's going on there, Ansem? Like either either you can just grow Riku's darkness on your own or like you need him to like give into it. Like <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird to me how like Ansem gifted you the dark Riku form. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Dark is darkness mode <laughs> as a treat. Well, I feel like again, because I just always have bits in my head, Riku's uh Ansem's trying to turn on the darkness faucet. But it's too tight, so he needs to get Riku to unloosen it, so he can just let all the darkness out. Well, I, I guess, and also if we harken yeah. back to Lily Cage One, when Riku completely gave himself to the darkness, 
with Ansem himself. That's when Ansem was like, hoo, 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 give me that body. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just, I don't know. It, it just kind of feels like, well, like, how powerful is he, like, in this form mm-hmm. where it seems like he's just kind of barely hanging on because he was just completely obliterated. But I guess he can still control darkness, so... Yeah, he's eh. kind of presented as, like, this, like, remnant of Ansem inside of Riku. So, like, is he even really Ansem? Is he kind of this, like... Yeah, um, like... What, what, what is... And, like, this cutscene, like, it's, it's kind of portrayed like he's, like, has a physical form. Whereas, like... Yeah. I, Story-wise, like, it seems to me like he should just be, like, kind of like a mental image, like a projection, like, basically. Yeah, like, so, like, the fact that, yeah. Yeah, almost like Mickey, because Mickey's like, aha, Rico, I can't be your Exactly. Uh-huh. I feel like I, Ansem's in the same category, or should be. He's yeah, like, it feels like he shouldn't be able to actually interfere with Riku's darkness. But, whatever, we gotta get dark Riku somehow, so. Exactly. Gotta get that, gotta bust out that skirt. Gotta take it out of the closet. Yeah. <laughs> So now that that's all said and done, we get a quick little cutscene with Zexion and Lexius, two new beautiful boys. Uh, but they're they're part of the nerd squad because yeah. they just have <laughs> to the, hang out. They're the nerds in the basement. Yeah, I can relate actually. They just have to hang out in a dark room <laughs> until they're called upon. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, just slightly banging like, "Let me out! Let me out!" Yeah. <laughs> and uh, apparently, Zexion's lassie. Because you can <laughs> that that smell that smelly smell the kind of smelly smell that smells smelly. <laughs> so yeah, he he smells a new darkness in the basements, and Alexius is like, "What's that, boy? A new darkness in the basement?" <laughs> I, have the, I have the exact same thing. Like, cause I, like I just imagine Lex walks in, Zexian's like up against the wall. He's like Zexian, he's like shh 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 shh. Lex, he's like. Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> He's just like full on Pluto. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, he remarks that there's like new smells, which yeah, we have this whole new concept of darkness having a smell, which is weird, but whatever. Um, I, I guess that's what we're doing now. Uh, when I was a kid and they had those uh, scented markers, where's my darkness scented marker, please, sir? <laughs> yeah, I wonder what darkness smells like. I, I imagine it's like licorice. It could be. <laughs> I mean, I think of also, like, Maleficent's green. Like, Riku has a green sometimes in Cage 1. And I'm like, ooh, smelly. So, he smells a lot of different people. Like, he smells Riku, he smells Ansem, and then he, like, I think he, like, alludes to, like, he smells Maleficent, right? Yes, he mentions, like, uh... Because, yeah, this is after Hall of Bastion. He mentions, I'm not sure if he mentions Ansem. He's like, oh, there's a... A darkness I can't smell, but I can definitely yeah. smell the hell out of Maleficent. Like, say, it's like, hey, you idiot, she's dead. He's like, oh, no, no, it's definitely, like, a recreation, like, in one of the castle floors. It's yeah. not the real version. So it's, it's weird to me that the memory figments within the floors, like, they're they're real enough to give off a smell that you can pick up from, like, several floors above. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, what? So it, it actually makes me wonder, like, is there more going on with Maleficent specifically? Because, again, as we'll see in future games, like, she's this weird exception where even when she isn't really there, she is. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, like there might be go- more going on with her here than just being a memory illusion. So I don't know. It's weird how we can specifically smell her. Mm-hmm. But then it's also weird how... He says that Riku has the scent of the superior. Mm. 
which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, I guess we won't get into it too, too much, but we can at least assume that he's referring to the other smell of darkness being Ansem, kind of being tied to the scent of superior, the superior, but I don't really see why that would be the case. But I mean, I guess, I guess the scent of darkness tracks differently. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah. I think, I think it might be this or next exit hall where he's like, Oh, it's Riku. It's not our, it's not, it's not the big boss. Our boss didn't just all of a sudden yeah. warp here and be like, I'm going to walk through the floor just because I can. But he does mention that Riku does yeah. smell like the, the big boss. We can, we can say that. But, much, but. yeah, but it, it, like, it's confusing. Like, why would Riku smell like him? Mm. <laughs> like, they've had no contact. But the reason we're led to believe, like, that also doesn't really make sense to me. But again, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it later. Except we probably won't, because we'll probably forget by exactly. the time we actually get to It's the anthem on our shoulders. That. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, cut back to Riku, and hooray, hooray, we get a we get an actual Mickey model. Hell yeah, baby. He's leveled up his astral projection to actually appear in front of Riku, but he didn't level up his fashion sense, am I right? Oh my god, this is the worst Mickey. Like... Uh, so I th- we get a good render of this in 0.2, but I-, I think it's this outfit, but it's not doing much for Mickey. I'm, be- I'm being realistic. Uh, it's also, so yeah. Mickey has De- Ma- Michael Mouse. He's got a white face and like white gloves and boots, but he- like his skin is dark. He's got black skin and his outfit, like the most of it is based in, it's a got like a black base with a bunch of red accents. But it's it's, yep. it's just not doing anything for my boy. He's just no. This is his worst outfit of the so, I think that was intentional. I think they wanted to design it so it looked like shirtless Mickey because he's also got the little yellow buttons which are on the shirt for some reason. But sure. those are obviously to mimic his little shorts buttons. Mm-hmm. So it's they wanted it to look like classic Mickey without it being a shirtless Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of similar to, you know, how Dawn and Goofy's outfits are yeah. very reminiscent of their, Actually, like, classic outfits. Exactly. I think that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Like, so, for some reason, Donald can get away without wearing pants, but <laughs> Mickey, uh, need to put a shirt on. There are children here, for God's sake. <laughs> Michael Mouse is sort of God. But yeah, it's, it's weird, like, he's got, like, a basketball jersey on... <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So it, it it's like this clash. Like <laughs> I'm really looking at the render just to have it like in front of my, in front of me. But yeah. Yeah. He's got the weird straps on his like pant legs where they yeah, like got, come up. I can, I, I feel like they're, they're belts for the pant leg. Like it just goes, it goes like, it's like on the underside and it, like, it's almost like a, if you ever had like a, I feel like when I was younger, I had, like, tracksuit pants, but you could, like, flip them up on purpose. Oh, or you could, you yeah. Could roll, you could roll them up on purpose. This feels like that's... This has this energy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, like, there's a belt to hold it in place because we need Yeah, belts. it, like, bunches up around it, which looks weird, and it's just... It's a lot. And then it's just got a pointless zipper, like, as pointless as can be because it goes down, like, two inches. <laughs> It's like, who's that serving? Exactly. 
But yeah, it's got like the same black base. He's got red pants. Yeah, it's exactly what we were talking about earlier. Of like, if Nomura's like, "Ooh, let me take, let me make a little quick sketch of a uh, Mad Mickey," Dizzy's like, "Hey, yeah. don't forget to crazy this, sir." I mean, I guess I appreciate that he has a unique outfit instead of just reusing the Kingdom Hearts two outfit. But uh, swing and a miss. <laughs> yeah. All this to say, Mickey's here, and he's he's here with you until the end of the road, partner. <laughs> Yeah, I think the best part of this whole campaign is the uh, Mickey Riku bromance. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like Sora's, Sora's got Donald and Goofy, and we and literally by the end of Recom, we'll see the the relationship that Mickey and Riku form, which is actually pretty pretty solid. It's it's, it's another good it's another good pairing. Yeah, definitely. So, is it at this point where we get a, a Mickey friend card? Yes, it is. Nice. So, yeah, so yep. the only friend Riku gets to have, because he got yeah. rid of all the <laughs> other ones. Yep. Uh, no new friends. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, like I was saying earlier, where like, you know, the story justification for why Riku just goes through these empty worlds. Like, I think it's just cool how they kind of tie the gameplay into like what's actually happening in the story, where, mm. you know, Riku's only source of light is Mickey's, so that's why he's your only friend card. Yep. And yeah, like it, ma- it makes sense because like yeah, if you just pair him with like the other Disney fr- friends that like he never met, or if anything like antagonize him, like that wouldn't really jive, exactly yeah. So. And these these are still based off his memories at least. So it'd be weird yeah, if we like exactly. here we could go to Halloween Town. Jack Skellington's like, "What's up, kid? Other anime kid? Yep. What are you doing here?" So yeah, that's that. You officially have free reign now to choose the card that you wish. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we kind of tried to stick to, you know, the original order as much as we could, but it's like a weird assortment of cards. Definitely. So there'll be some jumping around. Yeah, it's not as easy as Sora's. Like, in this first batch, there's Traverse Town, Agrabah, Monstro, and Neverland. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make like, a whole lot of sense. wild. <laughs> so naturally, the first place we went was Traverse Town. Mm-hmm. And, yep, like we said, there's... The, there's really nothing to talk about except for the boss. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I feel like once we get to our tier two worlds, we'll, we'll see some little nuance changes. But for like literally these next few worlds, it's just, hey, boss, hey, is it is it easier or is it better? Is it harder? Well, and that, that's, based, that, yep. that's the world. That's it. And because this is the first batch, like, yeah, the bosses are all pretty easy. So, I mean, for guard armor, like, I didn't oh, I didn't have any challenge. I yep. just took them out one by one, like usual, and that was that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess, well, we'll mention this. Riku, his only way to heal is getting HP orbs as interactables in the overworld, and then also using Mickey yep. cards. So Riku doesn't have any cures and any magic, unfortunately, because he's got his toolkit is very different from Sora's. But yeah, I <laughs> go into the overworld. Just I'm used to Sora's a campaign, so I'm I'm like hitting everything as Riku, and I'm like I have full health. Like I'm not getting anything good, so I just I just keep walking. I can't let these destructibles get in my way. And then yeah, Mickey Mickey so Mickey's friend card I should say it will heal Riku. It'll reload his deck, and it'll stun the opponents in the area. Maybe except for bosses, but... Yeah, he, he puts in work. Yeah, and yeah, just like Donald and Goofy, you can stack them in the slates, too. So, 
there are a few there yeah. are very few times. Usually during a boss, I'll wait until I have two or three Mickeys just so I can get, you know, a good size heal off and a reload. Just to make life Definitely. easy. But yeah, guard armor is like no different. So it happened and we're moving on. Yep. So why don't you explain what happens in the the next cutscene, because my memory's a little foggy, because <laughs> it all just bleeds together. Yeah, so in the the 11th, basement 11 exit hall, that's where we get the Zexy moment of like, oh, that smell is really cool. And he smells like the superior. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. We'll yep. get into that at some point in the future, but yeah. And he, uh, we see uh, Vexen, Lexius, and Zexian. So Vexen comes into frame in this cutscene, and he mentions that yep. Sora is here. So we that's our hard confirmed that these are taking place at the same time. So as Sora yeah. is ascending to the 13th floor, Riku is working his way out of the which, d- dark, dark basement. Which explains why, um, you know, at the very start of the game, why Sora's like, I feel like Riku's in there. Like, <laughs> he was actually in there, so Sora was onto something exactly. before he got completely stupid. His Riku, their Riku <laughs> senses, his Riku senses were tingling for all the right reasons, actually. Yep. Yeah. So close, yet so far. <laughs> Vexen makes some remarks that, like, Marluxia's plan to use use up Sora, and then uh, make some hints at like, "Ooh, I got plans, Hariku." Yeah, and and Zexion's very offended. He's like, "Without even consulting us," <laughs> which really makes you wonder, like, what's the what's the power dynamic here? Because <laughs> everyone in this room is number four through six, so you know they're the OGs, literally. And then, yeah, Marluxia is just like, mm, nah, I'm just going to stick you in the basement. Marluxia's like, like number 11. Or maybe number 10. He's yeah. 11, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I wonder, like, well, Zexion's, like, offended that Marluxia didn't tell them his plan, which we now we know why, because the whole plan was a conspiracy to overthrow everything. Yeah. But, like, what, like, what is their partnership supposed to be in the first place like why are they all in the castle if they're not actually talking to each other yeah <laughs> this is this is this is the weird thing of there we have our basement dwellers and our above grounders but they're actually like not i mean they're on the same side they're all working for the organization but marluxia and larxine are you know they have their motives obviously yeah. but yeah they're like they're just happen to be here at this i should say they would just happen to be here at the same time but they're not all like here for the exact same reason. It's not like, haha, we're the yep. above, we're the three at- above ground, we're the three below ground. Together, we're gonna overthrow. It's like no, it's like oh shit, Mar- what's Marluxia gonna do? Oh that, oh wild. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like if you uh, look up Organization Thirteen on Glassdoor reviews, <laughs> uh, you'd see a lot of complaints about no no line of communication, the chain of command just makes no sense, management just seems to change their minds willy nilly, <laughs> <laughs> the hours suck, there's no work life balance. Oh, goodness, <laughs> it's it's funny as you mentioned that, and as we're talking about the power dynamics, when we when we get to three five eight over two. We will we can we'll kind of see that weird interplay as we as we go through our missions. Mm. So yeah, yeah. So something to something to keep in the back of your mind. But yeah, Vexen is, you know, he mentioned Sora, but then he turns his attention to uh, Riku and says, "Oh, he would be a more fascinating subject." So Vexen confirmed for Team Riku. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, it's basically 
alluding to his his desire to make a Riku replica. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what we know about replica. Yeah, like this um this side campaign is it does a good job of kind of framing up the timeline for everything because. Mm-hmm. You know, we we don't really know where Repliku came from, so it's interesting to see that he didn't even exist before this. So yeah, yeah. more to more to come there. All right. Next up is Agraba, which means next up Genie Jafar, which means more annoying jumping around platforms and chasing a bird. Yep. And, this one also yeah. not much. Really, no difference between this and the OG. So. I guess, well, we should mention that, and the cool thing about Riku's uh, deck is the fact that we, we're going to get the, we get we still get the boss cards, the boss enemy cards, uh, and those yeah. those are like the one consistent of the deck. Like, at this point, we have Guard Armor, we got Jinja right. Jafar, but going through Agrabah, we might have, like, the Bandit card, going through Hollow Bastion, and I think maybe Traverse Town, we had the Shadow card, at least, like. Uh, we'll retain the boss enemy cards, but just like Riku's deck, the like you know the mob heartless enemy cards will change as well. Like I know when we get to Neverland. I know I used Pirate by accident, and Pirate is all zeros. So mm. I'm like, oh no! Yeah, so I, I I don't really pay attention to the enemy cards, but like there's no CP counter, so like yeah. do you just have them all equipped at once, or can you only like equip one at a time you can, only they... one, you can only equip one effect at a time but like you you can have the cards in your deck mm-hmm. all at once oh wow that's a that's a pretty big deal yeah. and... oh we also have dragon maleficent because we got dragon maleficent for finding dragon maleficent who would have thought yeah and yeah like it, it's it kind of makes sense that like riku would have all these villain cards yeah, in his it, deck it plays that he good can call upon i feel like uh i feel like sora has like yeah, they're playing a card game, and Sora's like has like three cards in his hand. Riku's got like ten. And he's like, Sora, what's uh, what's your move there, friend? What are you up to? Yeah. <laughs> Sora's tiny mind is just his. Sora's one brain cell is having a hard time keeping up. Yep. Once we beat Jinja Far, we enter B ten. Uh, B ten. B ten. Bingo. And we get a Vexen sighting. And Riku wants to know, who the heck are you? And what do you have to do with Ansem? Because Vexen kind of makes some illusions. And being the cheeky nobody he is, he he explains, well, we're half working for Ansem. Oh. <laughs> wink, wink, you nudge, simple nudge. little child. Riku's like, oh, does, is he, is, does he work for darkness? Vexen says, oh, he works for neither darkness nor light. He works for the twilight. Mm. Similar to you. Or twilight something girl. like that. And Yeah. But then it's confusing because then, like, Riku says, oh, I can smell the darkness on you. So it's like, well, okay, so do nobody's, like, are they beings of darkness? Or are they beings of in-between? Like, what's, what's going on here? Hmm. I would say if a somebody is light, the hardness is dark, and I feel like a, a like a nobody is in between. It still smells of darkness, like it's still part darkness, probably part light. But mm. I think not. In, <laughs> to put it in smell terms, uh, not as smelly as a heartless, at least. So it, he just put like the little spritz on his wrists exactly. and then rub them together yeah. instead of like the axe <laughs> double pits to chesty. <laughs> 
That that's what I think anyway. Yeah. Uh, I I remember there's also a line. It might be in this cutscene in the last one where Riku's like, "Ugh, even I smell of darkness. It's it's clinging to me." <laughs> I think it might be. Yeah, it's definitely. I think it's at the end of Hollow Bastion, going up to the next floor, like right before we see Mickey, or maybe it's actually at the end of a uh, this one. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Vexen decides it's time to fight loser. So Riku's like, okay, Woo! whatever. Yeah. So, yep, we get a Vexen fight. Hey, it's easier he than the other Vexen fight. Woohoo. That's also. Yeah, because it's much earlier in the campaign. So that's nice. Yeah. The, uh, I remember talking about, I think I listened to our episode where I talk about the Vexen strategy recently. So the same strategy works for here. One thing I did notice is when I went to dark mode, my. My cheat for getting around freeze of just dodge rolling, because you'll be invulnerable and moving, and a freeze just literally hits you and says, ha stay there. When I did the big the big dark mode dash, or dodge roll, whatever you want to call it, that actually didn't work for that strategy. So I was like, oh crap, I have to actually fight Vexen. Mm. Who would have thunk it? Uh, but yeah, like right, it's funny because regular Riku dodge roll is fine. It works the same as Sora's, but the the dark mode dash was just like mm, I'm not that game breaking. I'm like, oh, that's not fun. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, this this boss fight reminded me that Riku's deck changes constantly. So like in the war, like yeah. between, from the world to the boss fight, like your deck will change. So. There were there, was, there were zeros in here because obviously you're not going to be able to slate check one every single Vexen slate. So it's like, hey kid, you need zeros because you're going to fight a big boy. So have fun. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we were saying it's an easier Vexen fight. So just 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 beat him up. Yeah. But you fool, you played into his trap because as he was fighting you, he was collecting your data. Aha! <laughs> it's almost like Riku should have been using NordVPN. <laughs> And that award from our sponsor. <laughs> Your VM, you, you can tell the sponsors, just say. Um, so, yep, there's our little confirmation that that's how Vexen got the, the blueprints for her Riku replica, but Riku's just like, well, that was weird. Yep. My data's been compromised. <laughs> I gotta change my password after this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Vexen runs away. Uh, giggling to himself and then <laughs> Riku's like alright well time to go get swallowed by a whale <laughs> monstro time monstro woohoo parasite cage woohoo that's it yep pretty much yep <laughs> and also this exit hole isn't isn't very much either yeah uh, it's just Zexion and Lexius talking about how they're a bunch of losers and no one cares about them and Marluxia doesn't include them in anything but uh, let's let's keep our eye out just to be sure. They uh, I don't know. I'm I like get like a Team Rocket vibe, or like they're just kind of hanging on the fringe, trying to be relevant to the plot. But like, oh sweetie, you're not important. So I'll uh, I'll ask you now. I think this is a good point to ask. What is what is our impression of Zexian and Lexeus at this point? What do we? What, what's our vibe we get from these guys? Um, it's hard to say, like, to remove my impression from, like, what I know of them and the rest of the yeah. series, which still isn't saying much. But, um, also I mean, Lexius is just dull as a rock, probably intentional, but, like, he just, 
I don't know. He's like the stall, the calm and steady type. So it kind of seems like Zexion defers to him, even though Zexion's the more he's more intelligent between the two of them. Like he just has more to observe and say. But um, yeah, I don't know. It kind of feels like they have their own separate agenda. Like, like they might also have their own little plot. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Because yeah, they're just hanging out with each other in this dark room, being all shady, <laughs> and it, yeah, it just seems like. It's like a reality show, right? Where there's all the alliances. There's Larkseen and Marluxia. Then there's Zexion and Lexius. And then Axel is a wild card. And then Vexen, like, the other two alliances try to, like, pull him between them to make their alliance stronger. Because <laughs> he's too... He can't stand on his own. So it's it's just a mess. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? Basically, basically the same thing. Lexius is... I mean... I don't want to repeat exactly what you said, but also at this point, that's that's basically what we know of them. It's very interesting because yeah. obviously we've well, we've had a whole arc with Larxene and Axel and Vexen and Marluxia at this point, so we understand their characters and their personalities, where they're going, what they want to do. But uh, for the, for Lex and Zex, we don't have exactly have like a a foolproof plan, but we have an idea of at least how they kind of function. But theirs is a lot of yeah. I'm about to say theirs is a lot of talking. I mean, that's also what the above grounders did as well. So, like, what am I saying? <laughs> I guess they seem more like even tempered. Like they they don't seem like they're just gonna go and like kill Riku. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unlike everyone else who was like, let's go fight Sora now. <laughs> I'm gonna test him this time. They're just kind of there for now. <laughs> Speaking of just kind of there, Cap and Hook and Neverland. <laughs> the next world we visit that's the tweet (laughs) that's all she wrote yeah (laughs) nothing remarkable about this hook fight it's about the it's probably a little bit easier because it's only tier one of a world card but yeah uh easy peasy yeah i got off a few duels on him which like that that's basically your new sonic blade where if you win a duel like that's gonna take a ton of health Mm -hmm. off of them so that's always nice just got berated duel yeah in the B8 exit hall, we get a, a Riku v Riku. So, surprise, surprise, Repliku is ready to roll, which is like, damn, Vexen works fast. Yep. <laughs> Made a whole ass boy in like half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> he, wor- he worked real quick, but it's also very funny. I shouldn't say funny. It's very interesting because, so we meet Repliku after he goes topside and Naminé's kind of just, like, opened the back of his head and shoved, like, you know, messed with his memories. So, this is base replica. Like, he's like, oh, I know I'm a replica. I'm better than yeah. you because I embrace the... Do-. Like, it's a whole different vibe than what we're going to see. Like, what we have yeah, seen, which, basically. It's crazy. Yeah. Which, again, is also refreshing. Like, I think he's more interesting here than just being like, oh, I think I'm Riku. Like, the idea that he's like, yeah, I'm a clone, but I'm better. So, suck it chump <laughs> i embrace the darkness you shy away from it but also still use dark mode so really what are you doing Riku? yeah that's a good point like they try to like say like why don't you use your power and say like, well i i've been using the power of darkness this entire time yeah <laughs> it's like riku's character is just like hey i have access to darkness but but yeah it's from land but yeah we get a I'm nervous how many replica fights we're going to get on the B-side. Oh, God, I know. But... Well, like, it <sighs> makes you wonder, like, how 
often can you fight him because he's just showing up a sword the whole time. True. So, so I, I want to say there's only two, but we're gonna we're we'll that's find, what we'll, I was thinking. We'll find on next episode. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. This is our first replica fight at least, and I at least at least he starts in dark mode because my first thought was how the hell am I gonna tell myself apart from myself, but. <laughs> But yeah, he'll he'll still yeah, be in dark then mode. Then you go into dark mode. And that's when it gets real confusing. Because also you, you have the exact same moves. I, I will say that's what I do love about dark mode is one, you do feel like a badass. Just just saying. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. Actually, I went into dark mode several times against Repoku, and I really got the darkness kicked out of me. Like, uh, if he hits you with Helm Splitter is his slate that he uses where he, uh, he dives and then does like a shockwave. I feel like yep. I got hit by just the last shockwave is in dark mode, and I was instantly like, oh, dark mode's gone, see you later. And I was mm-hmm. like, Meh. And I, I guess also, to, for those who aren't playing, explaining dark mode for two seconds, do uh, enough card breaks to, to get 30 points, you go into dark mode, and then you lose dark mode points as you get hit. So don't get hit. Well, try not to get hit, but, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he has a lot of multi-hits. I... I I'm not sure what determines how many dark points you lose from an attack. It might be, like, how strong it is. But it's definitely also how many attacks you are hit with. So, like, a multi-hit attack, like this, like, uh, the Power Wilds, like, they jump at you and they scratch you a bunch. So, like, I'm not sure what the where the, the balance comes into play, but don't get mm. hit a lot is the uh, the get good and, t- and <laughs> uh, the get good statement yeah. here. But this is the first fight I had a little trouble with because it's probably the first real threatening fight. Oh, definitely, yeah. Of the Riku run. Oh, so I got reminded very quickly that there is very limited healing when it comes to Riku, aka yeah, you need to get Mickey cards as soon as possible. Yep. So be extra careful. Play your cards right. And yeah, use dark mode when you can, cause. That will definitely give you the edge. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mention Sonic Blade, because I feel like Riku has three slates in dark mode. There's Dark Break, which is a quote of Helm Splitter, which is one where you like you, you become Sonic the Hedgehog, like you somersault in the air and then homing attack on somebody. I use mm-hmm. that. Oh, and so there's that, there's Dark Faraga, and then there's Dark Aura, and they're like uh, one Dark Break is probably the I wouldn't say the weakest, but when it comes to putting slates together, like that's like on the le- on the lower side. Dark Frog is in the middle somewhere, and then I think nine 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 is how you get Dark Aura. But yeah, hmm. for for Dark Break, which is the easiest one to pull off actually, it's the equivalent of our Sonic Blade, I think, because I've used I've used it a few times. It does it's the same thing of like I hit you, I press triangle to follow up. But also it stuns the boss enough so they don't respond yeah. with anything. So I was like, oh, I can just I can just turn into Sonic the Hedgehog and win this boss fight. It's exactly what I did. Yeah, it's good stuff. So even even when we don't have Sonic Blade, we still have access to Sonic Blade. Yep. So once you beat him, uh, joke's on you because you don't love the darkness enough. So it turns out Replica still has the advantage over you. And yep. You're never gonna get anywhere hanging out with those those light losers. Yeah. <laughs> and Mickey's like, don't listen to him. The light's great. We have great health benefits. Yeah. 
so yeah, basically Repliku's there. Repliku, I don't even know what to call him anymore. <laughs> uh, he's just there to just keep taunting you and try to tempt you to the darkness. Basically, like we get it, darkness is so great. Yeah. And then yeah, he's he's very very cheeky, much like Riku and KH One. So definitely got that part right, where he's just being an asshole basically and taunting you. <laughs> <laughs> Literally a look into Riku's of yesteryear. Yeah. And, like, he even had, he, like, because, like, Riku kind of dishes it back. He, like, calls him, like, fake or whatever. And then uh, Repliku, like, says something back, like, oh, real one. <laughs> yep. Real one, like, with all, like, you know, ca- in capitals. Yeah. <laughs> almost, almost like a proper name. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, no more Riku. I'm only the real one for the rest of the playthrough. Yeah, Riku. Riku's the real one. <laughs> so, yeah, he scatters off, and then Riku's like, geez, I'm really getting my butt kicked here. Maybe maybe they have a point with this little darkness thing. Mm-hmm. So, and then that's Ansem's cue, like, did someone say darkness? <laughs> and he just continues to lay it on thick, like, yeah, like, you could have kicked his butt if you had given into the darkness. And Riku's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not going to give it in the darkness. Just give me the cards. And he's like, oh, fine. <laughs> so we get batch two cards. So it's the second half. And the worlds are a little more challenging here, which we will see in our next world, uh, Wonderland. Yeah. Kind of crazy that Wonderland's a threat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. this is like the first point where it's like, oh, so, so this... This can be challenging. Exactly. Yeah. This, this is this is basically us getting to Atlantica in our in our Sora run of like, all right, the big boy pants yeah, are on now. Definitely, because Wonderland's deck is pretty bad. It has nine <laughs> cards, and that's it. You have you do three yeah, like, combos, three full combos, and you have to reload. I hate it. And it's got like and the uh, the highest one's like five. It's a five. In a world where crescendos exist, which have a six, tornado step, I don't know, not tornado steps, um, creeper plants are here, which also notoriously have sixes. I was like, game design, why? I used slate so many times in the first room, I was like, oh crap, I literally can't counter some of these yep. cards now. Like, I ran away, from, I had to escape a fight for the first time in this oh, entire yeah, playthrough. I was like, well, I, I literally ran out of cards. Like, I, I, like, had, like, ones and twos and maybe a three or maybe a zero. But I'm like, every attack is getting card broken. I was like, I, I have to run away. Yeah. So this is this is the difficulty check in the game where it's like, all right, well, now you have to start paying attention because you're not going to win by just spamming the cards. So. <sighs> Definitely, yeah. So it, it, it made me really reconsider my map card choices for... Oh, yeah. On Riku's side. And I guess we should also mention, Riku, I don't think we're going to... I mean, I'll, we'll bring it up if we see any new map cards, but Riku, for one part, doesn't have access to some of them. Like, there are no treasure chests, so you don't get calm bounties and, like, you know, bounty rooms. So, mm-hmm. most of our blue... And no mobile shops. So, like, our only blue map cards are going to be uh, the Moment's Respite for making a save point. And Mingling World, which is just a roll of the die for what world it becomes. Yep. I haven't still won. There's no Sorceress wa- uh, Waking, because Riku doesn't have magic. And I don't think I've seen an Alchemic Waking, because not every 
pre-made deck has an item. Like, I think we had an item in the first deck, and I think I'm in Olympus right now, and I got yeah. another item, but I feel like the items, you know, they come and go. So, like, again, I don't, I don't, I don't think uh, the item-waking map card exists because the your items in deck are so sporadic or don't show up at all, basically. Yep. But all the red cards, of, which are considered enemy map cards, exist. So, like, I feel like most of my... Uh, yeah, it's a much smaller pool where yeah, yeah most of them will be yeah. enemy cards that you have to use. I and... have several roulette rooms, and it's so because obviously when you do a roulette room, you have a higher chance of getting the roulette bonus. So instead of getting a map card at the end of the fight, you can shoot, you can you, you pick on a wheel and stop where you want it. It realized it made me realize how different my card values are. Like my deck is like sixty percent, or it's just in my map card pile is like sixty percent reds. And my blue card pile is like very tiny because obviously you can see like your layout of here are your blues numeric value here are your greens and blue and uh, reds as well and I was like I have like no blue cards right now. Yeah. So speaking of map cards, Wonderland's map is laid out a little differently. Yeah, it's got kind of a fork, basically. Yeah, which I don't remember if we came to a conclusion on this. So is is this a wonderland specific layout or this floor's layout i think it's this i think it's wonderland if you want to be wonderland like i i think i think okay. if we if we stuck i think halloween town's on this on this t- level yeah i don't think if we stuck yeah. halloween town here it would be halloween town it would be four. a different layout yeah it would be a different gotcha. layout so i think it is specific to the world card okay. itself like this is a obviously the rooms we make but the layout has been predetermined for us Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really understand the point of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey. I guess if you want to explore more. Yeah, it's more of a pain in the butt. I I was also, I made the unfortunate choice of going down the middle fork first. So I literally just hit a dead end. And I was like, oh, crap, I literally can't go anywhere but back where I just came from. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's annoying because you have to go to another, you have to go to, the, like, the leftmost fork or the rightmost fork to get to the boss fight and then go all the way back down and to the other end of the like the other end of the yeah. floor, the other prong to get to the floor exit so it's kind of wonky so speaking of boss we got trick master yeah who, yeah everything stops turvy because now well i guess trick master actually is kind of hard on his own but now he's he's extra hard because again your deck is so crappy yeah this was a very interesting fight like i, I mentioned in our notes like you have to be very this is one of those I feel like this is very common with Reek. Uh, I think it's common with just boss fights in general, but I really felt in this fight of, all right, what attack are you going to do? Can I break it? Like, what's the sense in me even trying to attack you? Because you're going to be like, no, I have a big cart. Sit down, child. So it became very much like, hit me, hit me, hit me what you can, daddy. (laughs) You can try. And then see where it goes from there. Yeah, just definitely got to be patient and really... Pick your cards wisely, use some slates where you can, and yeah, if you duel him, it's annoying because, as you noted here, uh, when you use Maelstrom, because Trickmaster is so tall, your first hit does nothing because you just attack his little feetsies, and he's like, ha ha ha, I'm invulnerable there. Yeah, I get so pissed off about that. (laughs) Yeah, and I I even thought, well, maybe, maybe if I, like, initiate the duel on top of the table, that'll get him, but no, like... 
as soon as you like kind of whirl off the table, you just fall. Yep. And then attack the legs again. It's like, well, this is stupid. Also the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the second hit does land, which does a decent chunk. But then it's also satisfying because you like actually launch him into the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just weird to see like this giant heartless boss, like, you know, getting comboed basically. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, damn. I, I guess the darkness is powerful. Yeah. So yeah, at, uh, I think this is one fight where I actually didn't go to dark mode just because of the limited deck we were given. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. me either. But uh, yeah, the, the like you said, the duel is a, a, such a double-edged sword of like, here's I just like I'm like here here's all the attacks I could be hitting, but it's trick master, so the game just says no, no fun for you. But the second hit of Maelstrom does enough damage to make it viable and like oh, i'm never gonna do trick master <laughs> like well actually dueling him is a good way of getting the fight done quicker so you can it's yeah, not definitely out of the realm of i want to say possibility sensibility to duel him it uh it is what it is so but once you beat him you gotta explore the other side of that fork to make it to the exit hall in which we will find the other side of the Vexen cutscene from Sora's campaign, where he makes his first appearance. Yeah. Just a few little extra bits, I guess, but nothing really notable. But it, what did stick out to me is just, again, he like pulls the whole, I'm the number four card, and it just, it just sticks out to me like how often they try to pull rank on each other. Mm-hmm. And like I get this vibe that, like, the original six, like, care about the ranking system. Because I, I think Zexion even, like, kind of defers to, like, oh, like, you're my superior to um, yep. to Lexius. Mm-hmm. Which I always get them confused. I always think Le- uh, Zexion's five and Lexius is six, because Lexius is the stupid one. <laughs> but it's the opposite. <laughs> so, yeah, I always feel like the original six, like, they, they like to, you know... They follow the hierarchy, but then the rest of them are like, we we don't really care about that. Like, yeah, mm, the, uh, I think I'm going to take over. Yeah, actually, the sevens <laughs> and beyond. Well, I should say the the new age crew are definitely like, yeah, you know, exactly. these these are the old heads, and this is these are the new the new kids on the block. The kids generation like, two, exactly. They're like, oh, oh, um, excuse me, old man, and like, what do you yeah. say about me, shunny boy? <laughs> Especially because, I mean, I guess for the original six, their rankings may have been decided by, like, actual merits. But after that, it's it's literally just when you joined. So it's like, okay, you just happened to join earlier than me, so that makes you better than me? Like, I don't think so. I don't care about that. Exactly. <laughs> you get a lot of the organization, which is probably the most interesting part of this game. So it's just interesting to see, like, how they all work together and... But, um, yeah, even more interesting is the next cutscene where Repliku kind of shows up. And he's like, what's up, nerds? Repliku here. <laughs> Fires off some, some finger guns, and they're like, oh, boy, this guy. <laughs> we have to rewire him. And they're basically just like, it's like, ah, this was a mistake. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, they decide, mm, actually, we're going to have Nominee implant false memories into you, so you'll forget who you are. So you can do our bidding even more, and he's like, "Wait, what?" Exactly. <laughs> I didn't agree to that. <laughs> literally, the literally the embodiment of I didn't. I did not sign up for this. <laughs> <laughs> I have altered the deal. Pray that I don't alter it further. <laughs> 
And oh. yeah, it's just again, it just gives you more backstory where like Repliku wanted to basically sent be, be sentient. Like he didn't want to become a puppet. Like he didn't want to, you know, become this like weird nominee Stan. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it just gives him a little more little more layers like an yeah, onion which is yeah exactly <laughs> which is nice because I, I mean again we, we've complained you've literally heard us recently complain about sora and mm-hmm. repliku fighting over Namine. so it's very it's much more it's one a breath of fresh air and also interesting to be like he's his own character because he now and also at the end of the fight he's like you reject the darkness i'm going to embrace it i'm going to be the better you yep uh, He's, they're just like, mm, that sounds interesting, but no. Yeah, and then the cutscene ends on a pretty upsetting note, actually. Well, one, he tries to fight back, but uh, Larkstein's like, hmm, I don't think so, kid. And she, she, like, a, kind of... she like electric bitch slaps the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, owie, owie, owie. And then, yeah, they like reach for him all nefariously he and then it's just like that kind of like classic shot yeah he's like no 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 <laughs> and yeah it's it's like upsetting it's like oh god they like just like completely betrayed him and yeah yeah and then the, also like the whole time nominees there yes so, yeah it just yeah. gives you like her perspective of yeah like these people are crazy and really messed up and yeah because we see like the cutscene plays out just like it did on Sora's side. We see a cut of, like, R- R- Repliku's boot, and then it switches to basically the, the yeah. director's cut, where we go beyond that. And, like, I, I think when camera... Sh- I think when that's when Rep- he goes into charge, where, like, we switch to Repliku's, like, looking at him between him and, like, the group of three, and you just see Nominee there, and at some point... Well, at first, she's kind of, like, just there, but then she does kind of, like, look over her shoulder at... Re- I think it's when he gets bitch-slapped around that time, and she's, yeah. like, literally kind of looking on in terror, actually. I'm just like, oh, yeah, my no, God. Yeah, no, it's... Oh, my it's God. traumatizing. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, no. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good cutscene. Yeah, which is funny, because then later on in the Sora story, she's going to break... She's going to break Rapaku. Stop! <laughs> Air, 40, Air <laughs> 404 cannot load. So, yeah, on that upsetting note, this is where we're going to park it for now. So, yeah, we're about halfway through Riku's campaign. Yeah. Uh, Like we said, this one's really easy to breeze through. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, next episode, we will wrap it up properly and Mm -hmm. see where Riku ends up in all this craziness. Stay tuned. And then we'll have a little post-game episode after that. And then, for real disease, we will move on. So... Just think, just think. After this, we have two episodes, and then we can get to actual Kingdom Hearts 2, everybody. We're almost there. <laughs> it's within our grasp. In the meantime, here's what you can do for us. Yeah. You can subscribe to our feed on whatever your podcast listening platform is. You can leave a review on Apple iTunes, which helps us show up higher in search. You can also rate us, uh, five stars, please, if you don't mind. Email us at khbhpodcast at gmail.com, which you can find in the episode description as well. And you can also share us with your friends. If you know any other Kingdom Hearts nerds out there, uh, maybe, maybe they want to take a listen, hear our thoughts. You know, the more the merrier. 
Yeah. And you can also pray for Repliku. He needs he needs the support right now. That about covers it. To the darkness and beyond. To wherever the the stench of darkness leads us next. <laughs> Alrighty. Good night, everyone. Bye bye. Well, see you next time. Bye bye.